Welcome to Beerfield, episode 460. Nice. I am your host at Beerfield Hop, Chris Hopper, as always. I don't know why I still get my Twitter handle. I don't ever get on Twitter. Joined by Dan Theory, Ryan Miner. You've had so much energy in that, like, up start video. I didn't know what to do. Yeah, all no, the energy. And nobody knows what to do. Took all my energy. Because the I have, I'm all out. The graphic was up. <laughs> nobody saw it. That's okay, though. We gotta. So that's why you did it. Yeah, you don't want to show you when your white boy moves. Gotta set the right tone. Yeah, that's just for you guys. I'm glad you feel honored. <laughs> We're gonna. <laughs> the awkward silence. <laughs> Disappointment. Uh, we're going to take a look back at the 2021 NFL draft class and dynasty values. It will be, well, <laughs> I was going to say it'll be their last time to get the look back, but I guess it's everyone's last time to get the look back because we won't be doing this again. Uh, so I guess only for class, ourselves, we'll come back uh, yeah. and do just do these episodes. Yeah, we won't even post them because well, these matter <laughs> because they're for dynasty much. value. Like this is a shit that we'll still be doing anyway. Yeah, still yeah. be looking at anyway. Uh, but we're gonna do that. We're gonna talk about the divisional rounds coming up, the wild card rounds from last weekend, and the latest from around the coaching carousel. Uh, so buckle in, strap up, strap up, strap on. We uh, it's gonna be packed, packed. Here. Wait. What's fueling beer for you? Uh, already? I love it. We do it live. There's no fixing it. Ryan, what IPA are you drinking? I am drinking Shorts Hoompa Loompa Imperial Indian Pale Ale. I think Comes you've had this on before. Maybe. I have. Dude, I can't find anything good at the store anymore. Like I want, I'm like, ah, that doesn't sound good. That doesn't sound good. That doesn't sound good. I'm like, Ooh, I, I, that sounds good. Have you tried branching buy out all to these other styles? Yeah. yeah, you can drink other things than IPAs. You don't have to drink IPAs. Go I find like IPLs. IPAs. Just drink an Indian Pale Lager. Like you find an IPL, Black IPA, yeah. Rye <laughs> IPA, <laughs> Double A, like specialty IPAs. Like maybe go Pale Ale every now and again if you like. Things that are anything American is going to be hoppy. So American porters, American strong ales, like anything American that isn't pilsners are going to be hoppy as hell. So, yeah, I believe in you, Ryan. I believe you in can you. do it. Plus, I still I'm going to be disappointed just like the 2021 class. I'm actually it's kind of depressing besides the wide receivers. <laughs> I gotta go mail some shit after work, Ryan. If I have boxes, I might just take care of you. Thanks. Thanks, yeah. Dad. You're you're welcome. Dan. <laughs> All right, I, Jesus. I am drinking half acres benthic. That was a cool can. It is dope. They do a lot of cool. Their artwork or their barrel age program is fucking dope. This is a uh, bourbon barrel age imperial stout with coconut and coffee. Ben Thick is a staple of the uh, of the bourbon barrel age season. A popular one when it comes to release. As I continue to drink through all my uh, all my BAs, this is from this year's. I bought this probably a couple months ago. Um, nice. I, I have other ones. I'm I'm waiting for 
more special occasions. Cool. Which, which means we're getting fucking hammered on the on the five hundredth episode. <laughs> on the five hundredth episode, the, we're getting th- late August. <laughs> we, we might coordinate that in person and get. Oh, just that there's a good blitzed. chance. Yeah, well, uh, there's a good chance that hopefully that will play out. Yeah. All right, I'm drinking Urban Chestnut's German Porter. So, you know, I had Urban Chestnut on recently. I got this beer the same time I got their Czech Lager, and then I wanted to have it on the show because it's really good, and I shared it with friends instead, but didn't actually drink any of it myself. So <laughs> uh, I got another one as part of the Christmas party pack for my homebrew club. So we're we're doing that. So this is Urban Chestnut's German Porter. Uh, 7% rich, robust, dark, strong lager, best enjoyed by the fire with friends and family or the mill because the labels cut off the perfect holiday porter. So anyway, more on those about halfway through the show. I just about accidentally shut down my computer. Let's not do that. Let's get into the news. All right, about 70% of this is going to be updates from the coaching carousel. Probably closer to 80% of this is going to be updates from the coaching carousel. Uh, starting with Bill Belichick, he's on second under the Falcons. That hiring seems to be imminent. And Who gross. predicted this? Yeah. yeah. You know where this is going. You know it's coming next. I'm, I'm not going to say it. What's... But Jimmy Garoppolo going to Atlanta. <laughs> you, you think? This is feels... blank just wants to buy a victory and it's gonna fucking blow it's up. It's gonna fuck him over so bad. I don't because, care. Yeah. Fuck him. This is also but this could be uh, I'm just gonna get you all ahead of the narratives that are gonna happen all off season while this happens. It's gonna be great news for Kyle Pitts and it's gonna be terrible news for Bijan Ro- or for Bijan Robinson and for Drake London, it's not probably not gonna be great and yeah, we don't. They're gonna probably try to trade up and get a quarterback, but maybe not because that's not Belichick's style. And I'll just go ahead and jump you in front of all of that. Really, what he does offensively is what I'm interested in from a fantasy football perspective. Defensively, he helps that team. Offensively, scares the fuck out of me. So I also hope that he doesn't get GM duties. I am wondering who he brings in an OC. That's that's probably my my most select because this should be a win for everyone because it's not Arthur Smith like it. Like I think the only loss here is Tyler Probably that's probably the only loss in this scenario. Well, it's a win, but at what cost? And is it really a loss for Algier? Because we know that I don't, at least I, I don't care the team does. I just use double backs. Yeah, I just want these 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 uh, you know fantasy relevant players to be fantasy relevant. Well, I don't want to see like a fifteen catch game from Drake London, and then the next game be it's a goose egg. A one catch on five targets, like. Yeah, well, the I don't shit either. That we saw with Arthur Smith era, but I mean, what we've seen out of New England in the last several yeah. years doesn't exactly strike a whole lot of confidence in me that that's not what we're gonna get. Yeah, no, I it's and just with like the always like just with the coordinator carousel that he had having Matt Patricia do both, you know, be OC one year then DC the next type of cool. shit. Yeah. So he doesn't need personnel decisions because that right yeah. there set the franchise back probably three or four years, I think, by fucking around with Matt Patricia and what was it, Joe Judge? Zero development for Mac Jones. Like he goes yeah. from a average, maybe above average QB's rookie year to just 
bad. He's now, he's now being replaced. More on that in later. Well, well yeah. all right. So if Belichick goes there, what if he just gets his old offensive coordinator back? To bring Josh well, McDaniels back, I think yeah. there might be some interest. To bring Josh McDaniels back, you'll be fine. That's the only, that for whatever reason, that combination apart is terrible and together actually seems to work. Yeah. And yeah. I guess it depends what veteran QB they they bring in in terms of they'll what bring they're in, aiming for. They'll bring in McDaniels, guys. Jacoby Myers is going to be a Patriot. And... <laughs> or sorry, I don't know if he's like peanut butter and jelly. It was a three-year deal, actually. It's not a three-year deal. Okay, at least. I doubt it. You know, it. we jokingly joking. say, you know... Yeah, like we jokingly say Jimmy Garoppolo, but for somehow it'll work. He'll trade us a second and third round pick. It'll be Jacoby Brissett so coming there to compete. <laughs> Ryan Tannehill. Bring him back, Matt Castle. All right. Yeah. Tom Brady out of retirement. No, nah, they'll do something, but I'm not, I am not inspired by this. No, this In is a clear bit. cash grab and hoping he can buy a title. This like is... some relevancy from a coach that, you know, who knows how long he's been carried. And if he well, does that, too, it's just like, or you get the coach, then it's like, all right, now you got to do the move up from eight in the draft to try to get that splash draft pick and get everyone's hopes back up again. He doesn't like to. Like, yeah, but he, Belichick's thing is he doesn't like to move up. Well, that's right. Belichick, but. That's why he can't be the GM. That's He's going to have an influence. Like, even if he's not the GM, you he's know gonna he's going to have influence in that locker room, though, no matter what. Like, it's the same way, like, Dan Campbell has influence in the Lions you know, thing and then, yeah, you know, okay. you'll you'll Shanahan does with the Niners. Like, he'll he won't be the GM, but he'll definitely have influence on in who they take, especially while he's there. Like, yeah, and I don't like it, that. It, it, it's gonna be fucking, yeah, it, like we're all gonna be semi happy, and then by week six, we're gonna be like, well, that's cool. Cordero Patterson gets his <laughs> uh 12th carry in this game, and Bijan Robinson yeah. is not where to be seen. I'm not going to be semi-happy. I mean, I think this is dog shit out of the gate. So I know. Like I said, I I, I want to wait to see if they if they hire him. Like, it's not guaranteed yet. But if they hire him, I want to at least see who the OC is, who they bring over with him. No, it's not. I haven't seen second interviews out of anybody else. They did also interview Jim Harbaugh and a host of other people. So, yeah, you know, it, it could be interesting. But I highly doubt, given Belichick's resume, that if he's getting a second interview, that he's going to get beat out for a I want to know where his contract's going to be. Oh, Harbaugh, man, how much money is he going to pull from blank here? You know what? Harbaugh it's might be the right, only person right, right that... Harbaugh might be the only person that can rival that as a splash hire. And that might be the lesser... It would be. But it's like, I, I don't see him leaving Michigan. I think he'll do his due diligence probably and try to get some more money out of the university, but... Yes, yeah, that's the obvious move right now. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm a little surprised McCarthy did uh, declare, though. I think yeah. the reason why he declared is the tangible. Like he has the tangibles, but people, you know, somebody in this, his camp told him he's a first round pick. Someone I've, in his ears, I've seen him. He's gonna be a first round pick. I've seen as high as that, and I've also read around here like fifth round pick, and I'm like, really? I, 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 like he should not be a first round pick. Just no. give him like from whatever. Ryan, you watch him all the time, but yes, no, he's very inaccurate. Like. He's got he's got the mechanics. He just doesn't have the accuracy to go with uh, it. He's only twenty years old too. But more on that draft season. More on that yeah. later. Much later. Uh, much, <laughs> much much later. Uh, speaking of hardball, he also interviewed for the Chargers head coaching vacancy, which was a new add to that list. So uh, that's also intriguing. But again, this is just can anybody get him away? Um, Mike Rabel interviewed for. I had has also interviewed. 
I didn't put the team. I, I believe that's the Chargers. I think Mike Rabel also interviewed with the Chargers. So I think you're it, right. You know, the thing with this and so did Dan Quinn, the thing with the Chargers, I actually don't hate the idea of them going with another proven defensive head coach. The more I think about it, because the defense more often than the offense seems to be the reason they are always fucking themselves over. But I mean, it's either that or injuries. The Chargers have like the worst luck out of any team in the NFL as far as being yeah. good, but not good enough. And I really think I actually don't hate the idea of them going with a defensive minded head coach, given some of the pieces that they have there and trying to lock that up and getting enough out of the offense with whatever they bring in there. So Rabel, that is interesting to me. I don't. Yeah. Again, I'll be interested to see if he keeps calling more as his OC. I, I know more is getting some, some head coaching interviews, but I'll be, Again, you know, he's been a head coach for long enough. He might want to bring over his own staff. Mm-hmm. I'll be interested big... to see if he gets locked in. Over, yeah. You know, maybe you get can and go back to Dallas. That job's got some competition, too. So, I mean, it may not even be. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. Brable or Quinn or we're the Harbaugh. Yep. That, that's intriguing, though. This is one of the only places I see defensive head coach and like the idea. Um. Gerard Mayo is going to take over as the Patriots head coach. Apparently, there might have been some things built into his contract that allowed this that just guaranteed this was going to be a thing. That's yeah. what it sounded like. That's how it like appeared because like eight a.m. he was already like hired as a coach the next day. So we'll see what that he ends up with around him. We have seen again. We we made the D'Amico Ryan's comparisons and you know similar players. So you know maybe similar impact, but. That'll be an interesting one to keep an eye on. Uh, the Saints it's been a gigantic <laughs> person to live up to. Yeah. Uh, the Saints fired offensive coordinator Pete Carmichael and a few other assistants, so they'll be OC shopping. Not the worst yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, on the OC front, as far as their OC shopping goes, uh, they have interviews lined up with Dan Pitchers. He's a Cincinnati quarterbacks coach. Should have been a pitching coach. Uh, Zach Robinson, who's the Rams quarterbacks and pass game coach, and Shane Waldron, former Seahawks OC. So, a couple of QB coaches and offenses that have been good lately, and then Shane Waldron for the Saints. Um, I don't know. The Saints to me feel like they're very poised to whelm me, especially with what they have on their roster. This feels like a this feels like a Shane Waldron landing spot to me. Because I just feel like that would be a very whelming hire. Like none of the needles move at all. Yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> no. and that's that's what I expect out of this. Yeah, season. yeah. Because that's what the Dennis Allen hire was. Just, it doesn't. It's move like anything. here's your Viagra just... pill, but it doesn't work. Nothing yeah. moves. It's it's a placebo pill. <laughs> you actually got sugar. <laughs> like good luck. It's like missionary in a loveless marriage, right? It's just <laughs> it's missionary after thirty years of marriage. It doesn't move the needle. You just gotta lay there and wait and just wait till he's finished. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Uh Bears a little more exciting, I guess. They're well, maybe. Depends on how you feel. Uh added into their uh list of offensive interviews are Thomas Brown, who's the Panthers offensive coordinator. Don't know what or former Panthers OC. Uh don't know how he, he 
he got a lot of love and I guess I think it was a bunch of his peers like the you know peers did their own rankings of yeah. of head coaches OCs and DCs and he was ranked as a top five OC. Yeah. I think he just might That's have a bad roster, Frank, right? Yeah. Yeah, and that is a very bad roster that the Panthers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, one team I don't want to go to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, the Bears also looking at Greg Roman, which makes a whole hell of a lot of sense. It's it's uh yeah. The uh, fields is very similar to Jackson. Yeah. And and Marcus Brady, the Eagles assistant, offensive assistant, which even the way the Eagles collapsed down the stretch, that one. Yeah, yeah I don't know. They're probably yeah. well, just the assistant. It wasn't the actual. We'll see, and then Cliff Clinsbury. Yeah, yes, Cliff King, that yes, one. That the best for laughs. Cliff Clinsbury. No, that's oh god, god. Right I on the coattails of another generational quarterback, baby. I want that to happen. So not a generational he was actually, quarterback. He was actually not bad. I want. Kingsbury. He was actually there to coach. Yeah, he was there to coach. Uh, I mean, he coached Patrick. That's why I made that joke. Vikings. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I'm whelmed. USC connections? Come I'm on. By, I would be very whelmed by that. I'm not even buying the USC connections. I'm buying into the fact that this is a former offensive head coach with success in the NFL getting another shot on a team with Was a good defense and fun stuff. I mean, uh, yeah, he made the playoffs, but they had a pretty major playoffs. collapse in their, in their one lone playoff season. They collapsed. Yeah, I mean, how did they fare this year? Without him. I mean, look how yeah. they played when Kyler no, came back without no, him. No, we're looking at the whole picture, not one small subset of the season. <laughs> Don't sure. Fine. Your let's, look at, let's look at Cliff's entire fucking time when he was in the NFL. I don't think he deserved that amount of hate. I, I think there was a lot of things. There are other problems. Yeah. That, oh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying, and I just, it feels, I, I'm not as excited. Plus, maybe he'll be. Maybe he would be better just OC role where he doesn't have any actual. I think like, so. Influence. And but, I think that would be a springboard to another head coaching gig. And actually, I'm gonna spin something here for you, Dan. So let's okay. say Kingsbury comes in. Here comes Caleb Williams. And yes. now I'm not even thinking about draft implications. I'm not tying those two together because I really <laughs> don't think I want that. But um, let's say Kingsbury comes in. Let's say it is Williams. Or let's say it's still Fields. Let's say they do decide to let. Eberflus go mid-season because it's not great. Kingsbury becomes your interim. Like, you actually, this might actually be, and maybe this is my endless hope as a Bears fan, but this could be a way to insulate them against keeping that same toxic cycle where they fire an OC, bring in a lame duck OC, fire the whole coaching staff the next season, completely reset, start a new quarterback with the same coaching staff, you know, it's exactly what happened to Trubisky and then again with Fields. They start with one staff is in the rookie year, and then that whole staff gets fired, and they get another staff for the middle two years, and the OC gets fired, and they get a new OC in the last year, and then they get replaced, <laughs> and then round and round we go again. That's how it's gone for both of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's exactly where, even if they were to draft Williams, this looks like it's it very well could be headed. There's a realm where that scenario plays out a third time if they draft Williams and then doesn't pan, then they're going to go fire everybody. I think if you bring in Cliff, you actually have a shot, whoever it is, at insulating that offense because he would be a viable 
candidate for head coach or at least to take over his interim and get an audition for it. Yeah, I mean, that would be the only thing I think of is that if it goes, if it goes, you know, tails up, you know, for Chicago this season, if they bring him in as OC, they fire Aberflus midseason and then they get Cliff a chance as the interim head coach with the four years of experience, you know, that he's had and plus head coaching in college. Sure, yeah, there is, there is some ties to this that, you know, could work. And, you know, his, you know, familiarity with the mobile quarterback and being able to, Next right. intertwine an offense that could work. Yeah. There's there there is the positives. It's just I I'm I feel very whelmed with Cliff. And that was I think a lot of it was because of the of the expectations I think a lot of people had that he just never quite mm. you know met. But again, that was him coming in as a you know you know, as a head coach. Now he just gets to coach the offense and it's not guaranteed if they bring him in that they're going to bring in Caleb Williams, right? Right. It just, no. It's just it, it's a very everybody. easy narrative to spend because he's fallen. You know, that's just kind of what he's done. Yeah. It helps and that's what people feel like. And, and Caleb could, likes him. So. And this could also be McAfee's mentioned this for a couple other head coaching candidates. This could also be like bring him in and pick his brain in the interview room on Caleb Williams. And see what you can draw oh, from him yeah. on Caleb Williams that's as part of the draft yeah. workup and I an like interview. That call. Like, yeah, that's you know that's a thing that's been mentioned that sometimes you'll just that has been mentioned on by a couple former NFL players that you know they'll bring people in and just interview them to pick up what they can about you know maybe a division rival or their last coaching spot or you know in this yeah. case if anything even if they don't hire him I bet they can extrapolate some Caleb Williams information in that interview. Um, that discourse can be very heavy. Yeah. The only other yeah. thing I want to say about this point, move on. Greg Roman is also very interesting to me, given his success with Justin Fields type quarterbacks. With and if you know they bring in Greg Roman, it's a completely different narrative because for that one, I mean, you look at the style of quarterback he's had success with success with to that one, that is they're gonna try to build around Justin Fields and they're gonna bring in the yeah. literal coordinator that has the best proven track record. With that with type mobile of heavy quarterback, with mobile yeah. heavy quarterbacks that need to develop their passing game and <laughs> implement that style of offense. And that's that's also interesting. So I'm curious to see how this goes because the OC hire, like if you just look at how different the narratives are, if they hire Kingsbury versus if they hire Greg Roman, it's gonna be insane. One makes all my DJ all my DJ Moore shares very happy, and one makes all my DJ Moore shares very, very sad. I'm guessing Roman's not the one that makes him happy. Roman is not the uh, he's not the wide receiver you want to no. have. Nope. But anybody that has Cole Komet can be happy about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyone <laughs> um, that's happy to see Justin Fields run the football a lot. Yep. All right, Dan Quinn. Uh, he had interviews with the Commanders and Seahawks as well as the Chargers in the week. Uh, so again, former head coach, head coaching experience. Seahawks are the more ready roster for this type and the Browns surprised me a little bit Browns fired offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt hmm yeah how well, much of that I guess it depends how much influence he actually had on the office over, over Stefanski over Stefanski who was an offensive forward offensive might of that coach so yeah well even then like I didn't peg them for we're gonna fire the 
OC, like you were down to a third string quarterback that you signed off the couch that looked like you had a career resurgence and made the playoffs. Like, I don't know how that gets an OC fired. I guess that's why that surprised me. Maybe they want to bring, uh, maybe they want to bring somebody that's more close to Deshaun. Obviously, Flacco's not their future, and they're going to have. I mean, unfortunately, they're going to have to try to figure out with Deshaun for at least another, you know, year or two. Who right? did he work with in Houston? That would be maybe the reason why, you know, the offense struggled against Houston. Flacco pulled the ultimate double agent move that I've ever seen from a football player. You know, giving hope to an entire city, only to pull it away and throwing back-to-back big sixes. Flacco, you are a fucking legend for that, buddy. Yeah, it was awesome. As a Ravens, as a Ravens fan and a hater of Cleveland Browns, right now, so that was could, fucking incredible. You could be on to something. I mean, that was the season that Romeo Cornell took over after Bill O'Brien got fired in the middle of it. But okay. uh, Bill O'Brien's out of a job right now, I think. You well, think no. Bill O'Brien would take an OC job? No, I mean no. I mean, like he 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 just came from one with with New England. So oh yeah, like he bad. was with one in New England, and that it's not like he's on a good track right now. But he would have a right. much better team and probably well, more. You brought up the bringing somebody offensive. that was closer to Deshaun, so I wanted to see who his mm. OCs were, and yeah. it. I mean, Bill O'Brien was was it for. His three really, really good years in Houston were all under Bill O'Brien. Um, Tim Kelly was an OC there after Cornell got brought up, got brought in when Bill O'Brien got fired in 2020. But Bill O'Brien is uh, is that guy. I don't know who his I quarterback's can see this. coach was. I'm not going that deep. Yeah, into I was going to say, I, I can see this also being just like an internal hire. You know, whoever Watson worked with as his QB coach or the assistant OC, but. That'll be a fun narrative to see if they keep Flacco. I can't wait for that off-season discourse of do you play Flacco or do you play Watson? <laughs> oh, I just want to see Cleveland burn. Or Browns. <laughs> Browns burn, mostly. I know you do. That's right. Baker's got more playoff wins than them, so we're good. <laughs> and, Ooh, touche. In their franchise <sighs> history. Uh <laughs> I think it's since what ninety five, whenever they came back, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, um, Steelers to return Mike Tomlin and Kenny Pickett. Pickett is uh, per Tomlin the starter in twenty twenty four, but we'll have competition from Mason Rudolph and probably others. Um, we also said the uh, starting quarterback is also on the roster. What's that? Tomlin said the starting quarterback is also on the roster. It has to be Pickett or Rudolph. Pickett or Rudolph. Right. So. Is it sad that I want Rudolph? No. I think he opens no. the offense up more than I what think Pickett he looked do. better than Pickett did. Oh, my God. I can't believe we're in a fucking world where Mason Rudolph is the best starting quarterback on a fucking team. Yeah, I just call him Jake. He looks like Jake from Twilight. Oh, God. <laughs> Jake's older brother. Yeah, I was like, go back to your Mason. wolf pack. I just, oh, God. I, mean, I feel bad. I hate that I understand Mason. that reference. That's same here. I mean, we're old enough. Uh, Mike McCarthy will be back in Dallas. He's given Dak Prescott a vote of confidence. And this is the thing that I don't understand also, just in general. Like, these teams have really, really good seasons, especially Tomlin with the Steelers, who had them way better than they ever deserved to be. 
and yeah. fan bases are like, oh, he's going to get fired. We should fire him. Fire, like Dallas especially. Fucking fire McCarthy. And it's like, get it. They're like, you won the East over an Eagles team that started off strong. The team looked lights out for the majority of the season. And you lay a dud in the playoffs and you're screaming for his head. Like, all right, even the head coach, like people screaming for Dak's head. Do you not realize how hard it is to find a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL at Dak's level? Yeah. It's also, I mean, they don't grow on trees. No. I mean, just look at And just don't draft him either. Just look at the way they treated Romo, too. I mean, it's not surprising. I mean, like, if you look at the splits between, you know, with, you know, for Dallas against teams above 500 and teams below, it's it's insane how lopsided it feels, which I could see is the reason why a lot of Dallas fans were upset. Right? I know they get exposed and they get blown out at home after their, their big comeback to win the East against not very good teams the end but it was actually a poor defensive a, performance that did the man yeah, from the guy yeah. that well the getting, offense helped yeah the offense helped with the pick six but the defense had him in a hole how do you it was uh, Romeo yeah. Dobbs that open yeah they're uh yeah, the defense and, just and again collapsed. that's gonna fall and that is gonna fall on the coaching and the coaching staff I would have been more surprised if McCarthy got fired than them saying yeah. he got kept like I get the outrage I just don't <laughs> get like why they're so pissed off I, like i get right. why they're upset but like why are I they so I get why they're disappointed the wall. Yeah, yeah yeah i, get why I think it's also really some of the head coaches that are available or some of the coordinators that are getting interviews i think it's you know driving people to want to maybe find something more new you know than mccarthy but yeah again fuck dallas so we're good mm-hmm uh, let's see. Mark Andrews back at practice, like they return for the playoff run. So just a, a little note on his health. Uh, in sad news that surprises nobody, uh, Jim Irsay was found unresponsive in his bed on uh, December eighth. So all or sorry, January eighth, with a weak pulse. Police administered Narcan to aid him in uh, in reviving him. Uh, officially, the Irsay family is calling it a respiratory illness. It's, uh-huh. it's it's drugs. It's an yeah. opioid over over. It's like yeah, this this guy needs to be far away, from far away from the team can. and yeah. get help. And that's... just to sell the team and try to salvage the rest of your life the best you can away from the stress <laughs> that you keep fucking giving yourself. Yeah, while part it's, of this, we all say Ursay's on drugs. Like whenever we see shit jokingly, but I mean this is. This is real stuff to you. Like this is a real human being. So real person. Yep. Going through some shit. By all accounts, too, that if you listen to the way former players talk about him, actually like his core is not really a shit bag of a human being either. He just does some shit bag things. Um, the last piece of this, speaking of shit bags, um, not that this player is a shit bag, but the way this kind of went down sucks. This is the dark side of media, right? So Jason Kelsey. The reports coming out that he was retiring on New Heights, he mentioned that, you know, he didn't say one way or another that uh, it's, you know, you can't really make a decision when you're writing emotions that high from a playoff loss or that are that big from a playoff loss. You know, he said a lot of, if this is my last game, if this is the last time this happens, um, and that when it's time to make an announcement that he would do it in a way that would honor uh, his career, those that have helped him along the way. And this is the shitty part about leaks, right? 
for yep. a player of Jason Kelsey's stature that has been incredible, um, that is universally loved, that was you know undersized and underdogged, that has had the career that he's had. Um, he deserves to announce it his way and go out his way and announce it his way. And there's a lot of other players like that too. So whenever that leaks and they don't get to to make their own announcement or or you know end it the way that they that they want to because something like that gets put out there that kind of sucks. You're still yep, it's a competition for first. Yep. Yep. It's just a competition. Yeah. It's it's it shouldn't matter to of the type of impact the player left of any sport to let them retire. Let them announce it. Just let them. And this is I like you mentioned, Hopper, this is the dark side of the industry of of trying to be the first to report it. And it's sad. I almost hope he doesn't retire. And then unretires afterwards. Or then or he unretires and retires. Yeah, so and then he retires again. Yep. He shows yep. up. I'm not retiring. Just kidding. Two days later, he says, I'm retiring. Just so he can take it back. Because it's, it's, yeah. it's not it's not <laughs> anyone in the media's responsibility well, to report it before he does. And he handled it right. Because he, he walked the report back and said, you know, that's not what I'm doing. When it's time to make an announcement, I'll make that announcement. Don't believe yeah. anything else, and, if, and officially canceled out. Uh, you know, essentially canceled out that report. So you you don't you don't say you're, you're going to retire like five minutes after a game. It's like, come on, no. It's, and that's like, exactly I, what I knew you were going to do like, that. Guys yeah. that say they're back, you tend to believe that after a game because that means they're not even thinking about it. But guys that say, you know, I don't know. Like the only time I've ever seen somebody legitimately just retire after a game is when they're on the winning side, not the losing side. Exactly. Yeah. Like I can, I see him probably walking away, but just because of that documentary and just how much pain he's in, you know, he doesn't feel the pain. Yeah. And, you know, he, you know, loves his kids and wants to spend time with his wife. And he's new heights has given him a, a second career. Like the media will seek after him like a motherfucker. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's so. like, you know, preserve your body and go do, go do something else. Yeah, have fun. I mean, he's got I something to look forward to at the end of his, you know, at the end of his career. So, and I get it. Like the you, you have the love for the sport. You've been playing it since you were a kid. It's hard to get rid of. I, I, I can, I can believe that. So, I, I see exactly where he's coming from on it. Like it's hard to walk away. Yep, I do too. All right, um, let's go ahead and talk playoffs for a second. Uh, just recap a little bit, one by one. Uh, just kind of if you're surprised, any thoughts on the outcome? Uh, Texans 45, Browns 14. Uh, CJ Stroud came out with a huge performance for his first ever playoff game 276 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Uh, Magic ran out for Joe Flacco. Surprised by this result? Yes. I was surprised by the overall score, the final score. Like, I, I picked the over, I thought it was gonna be a lot closer, but that spread of uh, Joe Flacco throwing back to back pick sixes, uh, <laughs> definitely killed it. It went from a, this is going to be a fun shootout game to, well, Blacko just pulled a double agent move of all time. And yeah, it was 17 14. That, that's point. exactly what yeah. I thought. We're sitting there watching it at the wedding reception and we see them exchange touchdowns to go 17 14. I'm like, Jesus, this is going to be a shootout. Like, yeah. You know, I guess and, the number one defense in football. Like, yeah, I saw that. Browns ain't no slouch on defense. No. Stroud played out of his mind, though. So good coming out party for them. Congratulations. The Texans, uh, Chiefs 26, Dolphins 7. Anybody, I'm 
this didn't surprise me either with the way the Dolphins were banged up and going into that climate, that territory, and just Chiefs having a better defense too. They yeah, are really and, lucky that the Eagles have a more epic collapse. Otherwise, you'd be talking about their the Dolphins collapse. Yeah, their Dolphins collapse basically three games up with three games left, and they fucking lose. And you know what? It was a home game to play against Pittsburgh instead of an away game in Kansas City. Like, mm-hmm. you know what the Dolphins and the Eagles have in common to me too? Um, uh, both relying a lot on explosive plays. Which, when that gets taken away, they don't. Neither of those teams seems to have the ability to grind out a drive. Like they're just relying on explosive plays and explosive playmakers to get it done. And they're not like we saw Goddard essentially disappear for the Eagles in the intermediate game. And there are just games where they never got swift going, never got him, him used there. And for the dolphins, like Mustard and H-Han are both more home run hitters. That was kind of the knock on the running game. They didn't really have a grinded out back. And with Waddle and Hill, you know, they don't really have anyone that works the intermediate game intermediate routes anything so you only got to protect against one level yeah and this like especially with the eagles it's 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 uh you know play calling and scheming problem it's been a it's been an issue that's been documented well throughout this losing streak and with miami it's more i think miami's is more so on the injury the eagles didn't have aj brown but hill obviously hurt Mm -hmm. waddle's been banged out for most of the second half of the season yep you didn't have most of your started running back and A-Chan who's still battling back from his own his own injury. Um and you're make- playing in some fucking cold ass weather. Like when beer cans are exploding in your hand. It's just it's it's uh oh it's a whole different environment. You know, Casey yeah. again went through has gone through this the entire year. A team that lived off of explosive plays during the Mahomes era so far has now ended like that's been well documented for them all season, and I think they're they're now figuring out ways. Yeah, it's, to grind I mean, out wins with the running game and getting guys like Rashi Rice involved. Rashi Rice is going to be key to how deep they can go and being able to continue to be that reliable receiving option that can give you nine or ten for you know a hundred yeah. yards and be a guy that Patrick Mahomes can trust. If he can continue to rely on Rashi Rice and Travis Kelsey, they're not going to have splash plays. But the defense is better than it's been in years past. I forget who the announcer was that asked if they share. could that asked if they could ride the D. Did you see that? <laughs> <That's clip>? Yeah. <laughs> but I this is the yesteryears past of the Chiefs where they rolled yeah. on the defense during the Alex Smith era. Exactly. That's what this feels like. And I think they can. I think they can ride the D for lack of a better quote to <laughs> um especially if they get past the Bills to you know a deep playoff run. I really do. Think I mean, the Bills can. have gone through it too because they, yeah, they have. Like it's you know, Diggs is showing some age, and they become a very much a two tight end, twelve personnel team mm-hmm. because they don't have anybody else alongside Diggs that can help it. You know, Davis has been banged up. Davis is He's more reliable than on Earth. Davis is more reliable than the Chiefs' deep, deep threats. I will say that. Yeah, and it's you know Buffalo finding some offense and Josh Allen fake sliding in all of his way against yeah. Pittsburgh. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that'll be a yeah, that'll be an interesting game. And maybe the yeah. Chiefs will finally play an away game if they win this week and first time wins. Yeah, it'll be first yeah. 
first time they'll play an away playoff game. I just if actually those things my, happen. If those I changed my pick, I actually picked Buffalo to win that game, and now like thinking about it, I'm like, you know, I have a feeling this is gonna be KC because the way Buffalo played last week against Pittsburgh. what's the spread, Ryan? You have the spread pulled up? Uh, yeah, like I use um tally site, so the they have the spread, and I just go for the best. Buffalo by two and a half. Buffalo's favored by two and a half. Yeah, which means to me that what? gives them. A th- a three point favor, like to me, that that's automatically plus three for them because they're a home team. So it's really Chiefs by one and a half. That's insane to me. So that's why I'm changing mine to Chiefs plus three and over forty five and a half. Yeah, ESPN has it at three for Buffalo. <clears throat> I would, yeah, I take Chiefs money line. I think Buffalo could win. Right, but I, I, that's, I didn't. Wow, that's a little. I mean, Buffalo's played better and. Both yeah. teams are coming off, yeah, of, uh, but off of blowout way, wins, and both offices are struggling to find production consistently. And yeah, Josh Allen, you live and die by win. the Allen, so yeah, but he didn't come off a blowout win. Like that game was was closer than what the score actually showed. Which one? The Bills, the, Chiefs, the Buffalo game, the Buffalo Pittsburgh. I mean, yeah, it Buffalo was close up until a, it was close until the end. Yeah, Buffalo got out to a pretty big lead too. And, seven days and then obviously, sucks. yeah. And then obviously, when Pittsburgh's trying to press, because they were playing that entire game, they're playing from behind, and most of it by double digit scores. Yeah, like it was close, but it wasn't that close. And an offense that's not explosive like Pittsburgh, who, who are thriving also off of explosive plays, especially of recent, playing in a cold ass Buffalo game. Like, yeah, it, it's it may seem close. I never. Thought I felt that close. I, you know, well, I no. thought Buffalo had that game in hand for most of it. Buffalo played in a warm got... game compared to Kansas City. They had 11 degrees compared to Kansas City minus four. <laughs> so, <laughs> playing I mean, four, yeah, below, it's a four below difference. football. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> playing that kind of game. I get if Josh Allen starts to fake sliding again, I mean, who knows? Yeah, yeah. he actually might be sliding. Oh, All right, God. last couple. Uh, Packers, Cowboys, Packers 48, Cowboys 32. Uh, and this is one where the score was closer than the game actually was. Yeah, the, yes. uh, Dallas. I, there was, was a thought in my mind that if Dallas scored, and you know, you know, it, it, if they had their, you know, a opening drive touchdown in the second half, that they could pull it out. Yeah, nobody gave but, the Packers a chance. I knew there was a chance the Packers would win, given the Cowboys' history. I didn't expect it to be in that dominant of a fashion, though. Yeah, I picked Green Bay to win, but yes, I totally agree. I did not pay, be, expect to be that dominant. And there was actually a time in that game where Green Bay put in all their backups on offense. Like Jordan Love wasn't out there, Aaron Jones wasn't out there, Ooh, and then all of a sudden Dallas scores, and then everyone's back out there again. Yeah. Um, Rams a little Lions. different game against this, against the Niners this week. Too. Yeah, a little bit. Rams Lions twenty four twenty three. Uh, best game of the weekend, easily. Yes. That was the only game that was not a blowout. Yeah. <laughs> right. And um, I think that this, I mean, it was close and it was a coin flip. And I think that's how most of us felt it was going to be going in too, is that it was going to be close and it was going to be, be a coin flip. You had the, you know, the momentum and the great story of Detroit with a city that's been dying for this against the playoff experience of the Rams. And I mean, storylines are good and the game was good and, it lived up to it. Shame on Detroit for uh, booing Matt Stafford. That didn't make any sense to me, but uh, good hey, game. You're coming out, you're that coming makes no sense. Uh, semi-breaking news. What? 
Bill O'Brien is now the offensive coordinator for the Cleveland Browns. Ohio State. Oh, Ohio Ohio State. State. He's going back to college with Ryan Day. Nice. Nice. Okay. So, but for the Lions game, I, I, all right. So for the Lions game, yeah, the rest really screwed that game up a lot. Did like they they missed so many calls. Yeah, like I don't, did you guys watch the game at all? No, because no. there were so many blown calls, and there was actually a blown call at the end where Pukunuko actually did have pass interference. I saw the still. That game. I saw the stills in the video of that that was pi. Yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, fuck, 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 fuck. And then call, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Like, I'm sitting there in my head saying, you got to be kidding me. But on the outside, I'm like cheering, like, ecstatically, because it's like, since the first time since I was, like, seven years old, right. the Lions actually won a playoff game. But, I do yes. I do understand why. I understand when those plays, those Bay and Bay plays in, in live, real time. in real time, in that and then obviously game. you slow it down, this is a, which has become a major problem. Refs are damned yeah. if they do, damned if they don't. And that's yeah, scenario, they're exactly. It's almost so. better to like let me bitch about them not letting them play, and then when a play like this happens, where it's very easy, much it's very much a bane bane play. Like you, you bitch and scream about want wanting them to just keep playing through that. You can't bitch when the still photos come in and be like, "Well, I mean, it's now pi now." I'm like, "Why didn't they call?" Well, speaking like, of, it's a fucking yeah. bane bane play. That's why. Speaking of like bad calls, expect- like Matt Stafford had a concussion in the game. I mean, he got hit so hard, his eyes rolled the back of his head. Yeah, he, he, was out, he was out there on the next play. I'm like, okay. So the NFL just wants this game to be like for the fun of, of the game of golf well, versus They Stafford. finally got a game that's going to be close. So, I mean, fuck, most of the games the whole week were blowouts by the third quarter. So they yeah, were like, this oh, game finally we got a game that forth. can actually beat something. Yeah, I was excited for it. I mean, it was great, but definitely. I'm not excited for Kirby Joseph. I, I can do without. Uh, taking out tight ends left and right. Oh, that shit pisses me off. Hawk. Yeah. And then you got Tyler, Big B. Big B. It's, uh, I think there's another one. I can't remember who. Uh, Can do without the, you know, Vikings yeah, fans have gone off on, on X about that. It's been a whole yeah, fucking like, thing. When I saw the hit at Big B, I'm like, that's an ACL tear right there. I'm like, the that's same over. injury as Hawk. It was literally the same yeah. thing. I'm just like, the way he hit that leg bent, I'm like, oh, yeah. God. And, I, you know, and I felt it. I expect I expect Dan Campbell to stick up for his guy, but to say that he he's looking at where he's going, and you can literally see Kirby Joseph his head's down, not fucking right looking. Right in the freaking knee. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I, I mean, yeah, you were part of the old nine Saints. They're in the fucking Bounty Gate era. Yes, you didn't play, and yes, you're on the opposite of the ball, but that was the environment that you were in. I still like Campbell, but the. The Kirby Joseph thing's been rubbing me wrong. This, no, no, this, I see that. This idea, and I, 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 it won't happen. I can't see him getting suspended, but no, it the, dude, the dude is responsible for two fucking ACL tears. That's oh, that's Kirby, rough. Man. Kirby Joseph. Yeah, like it's yeah. just that sh- he, he shouldn't play. I'm sorry, but yeah, I mean, you, you come on, Jackson out for rough hits up high. You should. Yeah, like you gotta and get, I get it. People are like, "Well, then where are they supposed to hit him?" I'm like, "Uh, how about wrap the, up and tackle him? Wrap up and tackle well, they fucking, over the fucking torso instead of diving at their knees." But um, but diving at knees. I mean, you you can do even in little league football. So yeah, yeah, it's it, it, it's a dirty call. It's a dirty hit, but it, it works, and you can get away with it. Yep, that's what, yep. that's what's up. Yep, about right, right, yeah, right. Yep. All right, uh, Bucks Eagles uh, blowout for the Bucks. I think a lot of people. 
like this is how this game was trending, right? If you were yeah thinking the Eagles were gonna write the ship given the last several weeks, like all, all of, that was all, always all a all like, less likely outcome. Yeah. Like this felt a lot like was the Steelers last year or two years ago where they started out hot and then just went completely cold the back half of the season, limped to the that was when they went eleven and zero. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, they that went was eleven and zero. That was Big Ben's final year. Yeah, think, it made right? no sense why they were yeah. yeah, they should have been 2020. Yep. 2021. Then, yep. Yeah. Final year, they limp into the playoffs and then get bounced because they just died down the stretch. And that's what the Eagles team felt like. It felt like Minnesota from last year. I'll be I'll be perfectly honest. It, like, yeah. it, like a team that, that, that no, did that, not just I team like and done and, and like their class is <laughs> obviously a lot more than what Minnesota's was because no one thought Minnesota was as good as their record was, but it felt like a team that, oh, yeah, they're going to limp right in and then they'll make it. No, they got beat by by Bayfield. Yeah. All right. Looking at this week. They played Sunday night, right? Uh, they played on Monday night. Or are you talking about this, this upcoming week? game? Uh, Chiefs, Bills, or the Sunday nighter? Lions, Bucks, or Sunday afternoon. Perfect. Somewhere in my Baker jersey on the way home. Yep. Lions, Bucks, or Sunday <laughs> afternoon. All right. I can't. Uh, I can't wear my Baker jersey. I'll get killed. Divisional round: Texans, Ravens. Journey stop here for CJ Stroud. Nine and a half point favorites, both parties right now. I, I hate that line. I hate that I line. I think. I think. I think it will. This. I think this is the end of the line for that run. This feels like this Baltimore team, like. Feels like the most they're hot at the right time team are, on yeah yeah the most multi dimensional offense they've had since they got Lamar. This isn't the 2019 one seed. We'll say yeah. that. This isn't the run first. You know, no. control the clock. This team's very well rounded. But Houston's a good team. Houston gave them a dog fight when they played them this year. Like this mm-hmm. is a Houston's a different team still, and their defense is playing great as a especially the secondary is playing fantastic. Um. Baltimore feels unbeatable, yeah, which they means do. they're going to lose. But they feel like they'll beat you in any way, shape, or form. You know, blow it win against the Niners and a blow it win against the Dolphins. If they did, it would it, be the most. If Baltimore loses, that will, well, regardless of what happens in any other game, be the most surprising outcome of the weekend for me. Yeah, that hundred percent. Maybe Green Bay beating the Niners, but <laughs> but here's a yeah. fun stat though. But it, that's close, and you're probably Baltimore. Right, it's still Baltimore. Baltimore is seven and zero at home, including the playoffs against Houston. Okay. Again, you're giving the fucking guys of football there are more and more reason for Sheldon. Yeah. It's it's uh, Charles a great story, but this this conference is a, a fucking animal when it comes to the you know to the quality of quarterbacks and and again yeah. this this is Texans are a good a Baltimore team. offense. They're not yeah. there yet, but they're showing that the next like going forward. Especially if they get another draft class, another round of free agency under their belt, they and another year of development for these good young players that they have. Like, yeah. yep, they are going to be a force. And like this, that's this how they're trending. It's almost this feels like close. This one, like, like it's going to be super close. I also, I can see this game within five. Be, I can also see this being a humble pie moment for Shroud and Baltimore beats the fucking pits out of them. This game to me feels. Close, and he gets the Brock Purdy-ish treatment from it. This feels close on the final scoreboard in a game that when you're watching it never feels that close. 
Yeah, it sounds like an exciting game, like fireworks. I want it to be well, yeah, mix. I want Straw to look fine, but I just want Baltimore to look dominant. And again, I could see this being a Brock Purdy Niners type of game where so good, so good, so good, and then he goes up against Baltimore, and it's just it's just a humbled moment, yeah, just a rookie moment, and and we're all on the table for Shroud, and we still use that game as a you know buy no as buy a high window for Shroud, yeah, in Dynasty. <laughs> like oh yeah, he had a bad game, it's fine. Yeah, I'll, I'll give I'll give you a late first yeah. form now. All right, <laughs> yeah, I'll take him. Packers Niners. Um, oh. I I want to say Niners, but there's something in me that knows that Brock Purdy is capable of having bad games and that knows that the Niners offense is capable of going away and that knows that the Packers offense with their young receivers and Jordan Love playing the way that he's shown he can play is capable of being better than the sum of its parts. And I hate to say that. I do think the Niners win this one. That's where the smart money is going for me. But there is a, like... This one has a realm of possibilities where I think Green Bay actually comes in and, you know, beats them. Also, nine and a half, it opened it for Niners. I This one feels like Niners are going to pull them out. They're going to get the right back at the right time. I, this uh, one feels like... I could see like 20, 20 to 13, 20 to 16, 17, something like that. I'd put They're this one green, two I see weeks Green Bay. back. Yeah, I mean... We're also, you know, you know, two weeks removed, three weeks removed of Green Bay almost losing to the Panthers. So I feel this <laughs> being a lot like Rams Lions. I could see this being in the forty-seven point range. Yeah, that's how I feel about the Bucks Lions. Yeah, that like one feels like, like it's going to be another close. That was going to be another close one. I think I got to go Ed or Chiefs Bills. That will obviously be a close game. Yeah. But Bucks Lions. So. I'm edge bucks because I think their defense is better, but damn, is this one going to be close and this one going to be fun. This is going to pull out a lot of heartstrings. I like, I don't have a rooting interest in this because I love Dan Campbell and I love Baker Mayfield. And I think that regardless of how this goes, I'm going to be happy about like pulling for whoever, because we get to keep a dog in the champion in the conference championship round. Like, there will be an underdog in there, which is awesome to me. Yeah. I'm but, also rooting. It's also going to keep the Kirk Cousins uh, curse alive. Like, hmm. you know, teams that have lost to Kirk uh, Cousins in the season haven't won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Lions, obviously. I'm actually rooting for Kansas City, Detroit, like Super Bowl here. I don't okay. know why. I just feel like that could happen. I mean, I'm sure you are, and it can, yeah, right? I, I mean, mean, yeah. I mean, the that's a good Lions winning this game at home with all the energy and passion that's there and what that offense can do. I mean, that offense Man. has some players. Like, I think that the Lions have the edge on offense, honestly. But can you imagine a Detroit hosting Green Bay? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> NFC Championship game? The world would be rooting Woo! for Detroit. Oh, my God. Would yeah. they? Yes. Oh yeah. Oh, Except man. For Wisconsin. I, think, I, I mean, Green I think Bay Wisconsin would too. There's a lot of love for Jordan Love. He's not. Yeah. Okay. Know, intended, but the there, NFC North will be rooting for Detroit. The NFC North is rooting yeah. for a fucking meteor to hit. Like they're not. There's a lot of turn on the line. I mean, nah, just every from, every everybody in the North hates the Packers. Now, I agree. Hundred percent. 
more than any other team in that division. Everybody in the North I am hates praying the for I mean, a like, Tampa Bay Baltimore Super Bowl. Three That'll three be the hate, moment hate we're Green at. The, yeah. Nah. Uh, yeah, it'll be. Yeah. Yep. Niners are the best team on paper coming out of the NFC, which is interesting because that means there's a 75% chance that we get a uh, a dog story coming out of the NFC. If uh, if if the Bucks win, Niners win, and we get a Baker beats the Niners, yeah, just rams through, just runs through the true <laughs> underdog story. Like they're gonna make a fucking movie, especially if he wins the Super Bowl. Uh, like if Baltimore loses, I I I am all in on Baker Tampa. Like I'm that's Baker heart, from Scout. I'm in. My from heart Scout will be team, there. From Scout Team D on Carolina Panthers. This is motherfuckers lining up yeah. on the D line, working against the fourth string in, in practice. Yeah. yeah, getting down in a three-point stance. He's got his hand in the freaking dirt. Yep, that's gonna be a good game, though. I, I'm looking forward to that one for sure. Chiefs Bills, um, dog fuck, fight. Fucking fine though. Those, yeah, these I, are always fun. Yeah, I think this is Kansas City. Kansas City always I seems think to have their number. Under. I think this game is gonna be ugly. I think you have two a, very good defensive teams and offenses that are struggling. And whether the final because plays. it's Buffalo. I'm. God, I think on, baby. I think Buffalo gets them this time. I think this is Josh Allen's. Josh Allen's going to get Lamar in. They're they're playing. I mean, Buffalo's playing. They're finding ways to win and Buffalo's and, and, and winning. Right like, but they're not gassing it. They're not gassing it though. They're like they're just kind of like letting off. It's the literally like, Josh. Like you, you are living and dying by Josh Allen. You'll throw yeah, two like, interceptions. Now I have a completion to like the fourth minute in the first quarter, and then still put up thirty points. I did like that, That's but Buffalo. I also hated it at the same time. That was the time I yelled at the TV. <laughs> Stop throwing the wrong team. It can be very frustrating watching them play. That is yes. definitely true. Beer review. All right, Daniel. And I'm drinking uh, Ben Thick. This is from Half Acre. This is their BBA Imperial Stout with toasted coconut and coffee. Um, I get a lot of coffee, more so on the nose. It's the barrel and the toasted coconut really come through more so on the sip, swallow, and aftertaste. Um, be interested to know how much coffee they use because this is. You very much get the malt build more so from it, and then the toasted uh, coconut really shines. Um, and then obviously, what well, they're you know getting and in, in partaking from the barrel that they use. But I do not get a lot of coffee. Um, you know, good or bad thing, whichever one you prefer. How old this is from? That? You know, like two months. This okay. is the 2023 release, so this is not an older release. Yeah, you should definitely have coffee then. You think, right? Yeah, but depends how much they used to. If they didn't use a lot, or if they maybe finished a beer on coffee beans instead of actually using just straight up coffee, I could see why. But I, I would expect a little more coffee on it. Yeah. All right. Um. Yeah, I had uh, Urban Chestnuts German Porter. It's delicious. It's super drinkable. It's dangerous at seven percent. It's uh, lightly roasty, plenty of toasty, good amount of chocolate there. 
Um, really subdued hops. So this is a, like a showcase for darker malt, uh, essentially. So it's got like, you know, subtle hints of like a medium roast coffee with a good amount of like semi-sweet chocolate, um, the dark chocolate and a bit of just roastiness around the edges. It's, it's really freaking good, really freaking clean. And I would drink about three of these and be shit housed because of the ABV <laughs> on them, but they're that drinkable. Like, Fucked Not up. that I'm surprised Urban Chestnut put out good beer. Everything I have from them, everything they do is amazing, but good beer. Ryan? Sounds good. I'm ha- having one that I've had from the past, Hoompa Loompalicious. And like I said before, it's very, it's a hoppy beer, very dry when you like sip it. And it also comes in strong at 7.7%. And I'm already on my second one, which is already almost gone. Which is why I'm also red in the face because I tend to do that after a few beers <laughs> and get really nice and toasty and warm. I drank a good amount but last yeah. night, so I'm behaving a little bit. Yeah, I didn't drink that much last night. I had like a Miller High Life last night, and that was that was my day. As it was super busy, but yes, definitely making up for it today. Homebrew nights, good beer, be cool. A lot of stuff. All right, cool. Well, let's round this off. Let's get into some some dynasty look back. So. Uh, with this being the third year, we shouldn't need a lot of time for this, but we'll see. Draft recap. All right. Looking at 2021, uh, let's start with the much heralded quarterback class, shall we? The most disappointing position group in the seven years. Yep. That we've scouted Hopper. This this is probably yeah. my most disappointed group. Yep. We had five quarterbacks go in the top 15 of those five quarterbacks. Um two of them are it depends on how you classify Mac Jones, I guess. Two of them are still starting. Uh one of them has made the playoffs. Yeah. Or did Mac do two Mac of them have one? Mac did yeah, two of one. Them. Yeah. Yep. Two have made the playoffs. Um, two are or one's already on their second team. Uh, one's been benched. It's not been good news for for a lot of these guys. Any of them? Yeah. Fuck, two's been benched. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence Jones. has him. That Trevor Lawrence yeah. hasn't been as good as like as I expected either. No, no Lawrence hasn't been as good as anybody expected, and it's been no. up and down because you know you could blame the rookie year on Urban Meyer, and then you know really good sophomore season. And then was terrible again. Now, injuries and stuff this year, I think you would have had a better season had they not run him out there on a high ankle sprain for the last however many weeks without giving him any time to heal and just saying, here you go. But That's a lot of painkillers. He just looked extremely <laughs> off the back half of this. Now, that being said, he is the one guy of those five that doesn't have a future that is extremely questionable right now. Now, another bad year it will be, but right now, he's the only one that looks like he might have the fifth year picked up. He will have the fifth year. The biggest question is, is does he get an extension this year? And my yeah. second biggest thing is, is his contract going to be bigger or smaller than Brock Purdy's? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Dude, that's how I look at it, too. Like, I'm like looking at Brock Purdy, and I'm like, you know, you look at the first pick, you look at the last pick. It's like, who would you rather have now, like, overall as a quarterback? I mean, Lawrence is in question of 
on whether or not he's even a top 12 quarterback in dynasty at this point with the emergence of Shroud and Richardson from this class and a lot of people being very high on both. Is Lawrence is Lawrence falling off of a top 12 that QB1 status that he's had for the last two seasons? You know, from him struggling this year, second year with Doug Peterson in an offense where a lot of us, I mean, most people were were expecting a leap. Right. You saw, you know, positives right. last year, but you saw every year you you have stretches of Lawrence's play where they're just questionable. Yeah. Maybe that's like the personnel stuff and bringing in certain players, right? The Kelvin really experienced did not work out at all, but they're, you know, they got more out of Evan Ingram. You have, you know, a Travis Etienne, which we'll talk about later. It's been, you know, banged up every year he's been in the NFL so far. Yeah. He has been lacking an alpha. Um, you know, protection's been okay, not great. Um, you look at it really just his overall stats, and what jumps out to me is one, um, touchdown percentage is really low, which tells me that the ability to move, sustain drives, and get yourself in a position to actually punch it in has not been good. Um, and also the interception rate. I mean, the turnovers have been a problem and, you know, sack rate too, right? It's, it's been a problem and, you know, we'll say about the same thing when we get to, to fields here, but for Lawrence, like, yeah, I don't know if an alpha helps, if he needs more built up around him, if the Jaguars have just failed to, to build around him or whatever. I mean, the positives are that he's had two 4,000 yard seasons. Completion percentage is good. You know, when he's on, he's on, but there are times where he just looks god awful. I mean, are we really oh, man. are we really that excited about four thousand yard CDs in the seventeen game season now too? Uh you, know, you mentioned touchdown rate too, you know, three point three for his career. Three point seven and two point oh in his rookie year. I mean, that's not good. Are we excited about four thousand yards? Uh yeah, he only started sixteen. Him? Well, he only started sixteen games this year. So I mean, you're not excited <laughs> about it, but it's not bottom yeah. tier either. So two hundred fifty one yards a game is probably somewhere in the middle of the league. If I had to guess, or more so upper third of the league. So I it, it's he, he's I he's a high QB two. Guess like, I can go look at that. Yeah, he, like he like he may still. It's just he hasn't hit a ceiling yet. He is right now. As Ryan said, he's a QB two, and and Dynasty, he is just a he is a good super flex quarterback to have as your as your second quarterback. You can't live off like you can't he's, ride into your season with him as your QB one. No, like hard. last year, people were doing that. Like at the end of the season, I mean, yeah, he, like yeah. Lawrence was starting to take off last season, so show like elite traits, and then it, it just never transitioned into this season. So, for are you excited? It's top ten numbers, right? In passing yards, it's. He's 10th in yards and 8th in yards per game and 8th in attempts. So, I mean, are you excited? I mean, you're not setting the world on fire, but you're also top 10 in the league in those categories. You're not doing everything wrong, right? I mean, there there's positives there to say, all right, yeah. Are you excited? Maybe not, but he is top 10, right? Um, But, you know, QBR... Sacks, I'd be more like, excited if he scored touchdowns. I think it's exactly cool. like he that's, is. Well, yeah, he's a high end streamer. Like he's the name of the game. He's a right? guy like in your single QB leagues and redraft where you're not drafting him to be your starter. No, you, you can't. Can. You're just taking him because it's a good matchup to start the season. Right now, that's 
who Trevor Lawrence is. Mm-hmm. Offense he- maybe helps, but we don't know what a year three quarterback and Doug Peterson you know, offense looks like because Wentz got hurt and benched. So, yeah, I don't know. And I don't, I don't know either. It's going to be interesting to see what they do around him. Um, it's kind of this weird thing where it's like, all right, he's been good enough to pick up the fifth year option, but he's also not going to get paid, right? He's not getting a big contract. He's not getting a contract with a lot of years, given the performance, or he shouldn't. And I can see, dude, I can honestly see Jacksonville giving him money. It, oh, yeah, absolutely. It's been since he's, Mark Brunel that they've actually had maybe some consistency. I I, I guess maybe yeah. David Gerard for a bit, but like. Uh, hello. Are we really going to slander my? Are we really going to slander my guy like that? <laughs> I said, but they Portals paid, is one year, but they paid Portals, right? That's they the did. Other thing. They paid they, him a bridge contract because it was only a three-year contract. But Lawrence will probably get a DAC-like contract. I think four years, a probably four-year contract. Top five numbers, Bortles, by the way. Oh, was it four years? Well, the no, sorry, that was the entry level one. The extension was three years, fifty-four million. Oh, since it, it felt like three years. It, it, yeah. it very much felt like a bridge deal. And but you know what? Lawrence won't get a three year deal. He'll he will get a four or five. Can you very can, can you give him though more than a bridge deal? They'll pick up his fifth year. Maybe they won't even are you maybe thinking, they'll franchise take him? Well, okay. Daniel Jones is probably a good measuring stick for this after his one good season okay. at four yeah, years, 160 yeah. million. Yeah. That's probably the best measuring stick for this one if they if they sign him as Lord, probably where Daniel I, Jones is. I can see Lawrence, you know, peeking out with the second contract top seven yeah and, and like like you look at the quarterbacks coming up birdie we'll talk about you know next week and maybe what that'll look like and obviously stroud if he could if he maintains this but mm-hmm. lawrence might be the only quarterback from this class that gets a second contract on his original team i think he is yeah and 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 yeah we don't even know what that looks like because we don't lawrence for three years has been very whelmed and we like, you know, game in and game out, you'll get two or three passes that are just like, oh, holy fuck, this guy is incredible. And then you'll get a string of like fucking two straight drives where it's just like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. And, and, and that's been the Trevor Lawrence experience. It, it's, you know, 25 touchdowns the second year, you know, 4.3 is a, a passable touchdown rate, but it's not like you're not lighting the world on fire with that. Yeah. And that's been his like his best year is a mid yeah I know, it's mid. fucking season. Everything's so, been been mid and yeah. that's <laughs> mid or worse. Like it's yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately you're right. Um we've kind of been saddled with maybe until this year, some if he putting it nicely, quarterback classes. It's so I mean, it it's been, you know, we got a blessed in 2020. We already knew 2022 was going to be bad, or at least be yeah. very underwhelming. And thankfully, Purdy came out and gave us something to talk about for it. But in this class, you know, this year's class 23 looks to be franchise QBs are not hitting free agency either. Not at all. That's the other, the nope. other reason why Lawrence no. probably gets the second deal is that, you know, good enough, get you signed right now because you're, you can't do this in free agency and you have to fully commit 
to a tank to do it through the draft again, and I don't think they're ready to do that. And they've so. been and they've been bad for so long. They have to try to find some continuity in this. Maybe the next coach that comes through for Lawrence is going to be one that he feels more confidence in. Right. Obviously, you, you know, Peterson. We all were excited for from last year. We got to see some of the success from it, and then this year was obviously much more of a disaster. You know, through expectations mm-hmm. with how the season ended for them last year, they almost beat. The fucking Chiefs last year, yeah, in the playoffs after their improbable comeback against the, you know against the Chargers. So, yeah, right is that out there? But little yeah. by low opportunity if you still believe in Lawrence. I'm with you, and he's a he like dynasty wise, he's probably mid to high teens for me. I would say you got him in streamer realm for one quarterback, mid yep. to high teens. Yeah, for, for he's two a QB two with. It's Ryan so, Mitchell. There's upside yeah, that can put him into the back end of the ones, but yeah, uh, you know, good matchup. You play him as a starter, but like, like he doesn't give you a lot of rushing upside, you know, consistently. Mm-hmm. So you really can't, you know, trust them to get, you know, production there. And they're not fucking scoring points. That's been his problem wrong. his whole this whole time in Jacksonville. It's they're just not scoring fucking points. So maybe it's not just on him, but also on the offensive play calling and scheming that's allowing their offense to score points, and it's just not happening. Yeah. All right, let's talk Zach Wilson for a second. So, uh, <laughs> and that's it. We're done. Yeah, yeah we're he's done. on the Drew Lock. He's on the Drew Lock plan. Um, I think which uh, is the, truth or status for Hawther, It's where he's at right now. Yeah. So the Drew Lock plan, where he will probably end up, is a backup somewhere that isn't New York, which is probably the best thing for him to get try to get things back on track. Um, he did it. Had some games this year, particularly before he got hurt where he looked decent um, and looked like he was starting to figure it out. And then injuries happen and, and you're done. It was the first year he had more touchdowns and picks, but it's been, it's been bad for really the jets, but also for Zach Wilson. This is a guy that is going to have to try to prove it with a second team. going to have to try to get something from a backup position, either coming in as competition for someone, um, and in Dynasty, I mean, he's not top 20, and it's a hold situation if you still even have him rostered to see, you know, in deeper leagues, that is, to see if, you know, something happens in the next go-around. And I'm thinking, like, 14 to 16 team leagues are in a hold situation there where quarterbacks... Super flex. Yeah. He's super obviously, flex. Not, you're not holding on to him in super... In one, one QB. One QB, but, excuse no. me. Super flex. But I have him in super... Yeah, I do too. I have in our super flex league, our sixteen team listener league, our listener I, league roster is so fucked. I can't, I can't drop them or I can't trade them. Like I've had people no, off you me, can't. you know, second and thirds for it, and it's like, I take a second it? round pick for him. Oh, wait, second though. Yeah, yeah. you're not, you're, it, not it, getting, you're not getting it now. And a, and he's, 16, he, he's probably it, not going to give you anything now, anyways. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, like, yeah. like that. That's the way I look at it. Is right. Like, is he? That's, reasonably is he going to actually be anything like even if he becomes a a a streamer at some point are you prepared to hold on to him for yeah are you hoping to hold on to him at some point for two to three years on someone that's probably never going to lock in as a franchise for that one season that he might end up you know one stretching to start or looking good or you know maybe a couple seasons if he ends up in a bridge deal someplace for playing well post-injury on something or winning a job yeah, so you got to hold them because you have no window right now. But 
you know, only in deep leagues. And that's if someone that. offered me a second. That's a snap accept. Yeah. I'm, I, he, he will not. He's, a, he's dropped in single QBs. He's dropped in shallow super yeah. flex leagues because you, you don't know when he's going to play as a starter and if he ever will. No. Like, and, like he could flame out in two years and be out of the league. And yeah. And, and that's why it's a hold. He's not going to get a second contract yeah. from the Jets. Um, he will back up Rodgers next season, and then he'll walk. And we'll see where he goes from there. Trey Lance, uh, already on his second team, traded from the Niners to the Cowboys. Part of that is because of how well Brock Purdy played. Um, and his but, injuries. And his injuries. Uh, the fact of Trey Lance is that, you know, Ryan, I know you're not a believer. I was always, no. iffy, I was always iffy on it. But you haven't really gotten a shot. You're, you're three, four years into his career, and he has not gotten a shot to prove anything is the number three overall. Availability is important. Yes. Like, and it's not going to matter at this point. He's on his second team. Yeah, it's over. With a lot of I won't say it's over. Knowing hey, it's knowing all Dallas fans are, they'll be screaming for Trey Lance next year at some point. Well, and all it takes Dak is for whatever reason. Same thing, like just copy paste that Zach Wilson argument, right? Because all it takes is an injury to Dak and him to start a few games if it look good and to show the athleticism and show the mobility. And then all of a sudden you start talking of, you know, maybe they're not ousting Dak, but you know, is he a bridge quarterback somewhere? Does he come in to compete somewhere? And and the athleticism plays. And it always happens. He thought, and will play. Yeah. So. Well, I look at Trey Lance and I see JJ McCarthy. It's the same exact type of quarterback. But is it? Yep. I don't think JJ McCarthy is Athletic. built like Cam Newton and and can run like Cam well, Newton. He can run, but his pass <laughs> accuracy is there. There, they are so far between as like of what they look like as players. Yeah, but their their game styles are very similar. It's the same exact type of game style. I mean, he's also coming from a very QB friendly offense. And like he came from, like, he landed on to the most QB friendly offense in football, maybe ever, and San Fran. And like, yeah, and and he can't really speak of anything. You have zero clue who Trey Lance is. I just, it's, he's, he's been a bus. He's a bus. No, he's the bus. That's all I'm going to say. He's done. Yeah. I mean, it's over. If he can't be available, once to me, and in my eyes, he's always been a bus. Why no? Yeah. All right. Justin Fields is the most polarizing one here. We've covered that at length on this show. We covered that at length earlier as far as, you know, what can can happen there. Um, Bears, Dan, you and I have talked. We assume they're going to pick up the fifth-year option, but that could just be to trade up, make it more, more attractive in a trade scenario um, because of that rookie deal. Trade and, to Atlanta? Yeah, could be. So... Um, won't just leave on that one. <laughs> Fields has been the athleticism's there, and we've talked about it a lot. The 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 passing jobs really haven't been, and it's been inconsistent coaching, inconsistent coordinators, inconsistent personnel around him. Uh, but also some of the same just decision making and holding the ball too long that we saw in college too. And it seemed like he might have been starting to break that a bit this year. This could be a second team breakout, right? You don't see it a lot, but this could be the first one in a while where this is a second team breakout. He's absolutely a hold um, because the rushing floor still gives you QB one type upside week to week in a QB two type floor. You're starting him. If you have a dynasty, you're not right now 
looking at a cell window. Um, you could be if the Bears take Caleb Williams and Fields gets traded, he'll be starting somewhere next year. Yeah, and all, I, I mean, it, yeah, I was, go ahead. No, no, Ryan, go ahead. I say I was looking to trade him last year at this time. Like I'm like I want him on my off my fantasy team because I compare fantasy and NFL very very much two together, and I, I put the two together and say like, all right. Yes, he's good fantasy wise, NFL wise. Eh, I don't see it. And last year, eh, I didn't see it. I'm like, all right, I don't want him on my team. Give me all of the first round picks you I can get for him right now. I'll take it. And yeah. this year, like that, he took that actually took that next step forward as an NFL quarterback. So yeah. I kind of started going like, okay, you know, like he's actually someone I actually kind of want to hold on to and wait for that best deal to come upon me. It's he's such mm-hmm. a it's 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 uh. Like you're in a buy window now because you're 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 buying into the value of the unknown. We don't know if he's going to be a starter for the Bears. You don't know where he's going to start if he gets traded or you know whatever happens. We don't know if Chicago will pull the dumb move and just draft Caleb and keep Fields. Um, right. That'd we don't really know what's going outcome. on. You know. Yeah. Right. They don't have an OC. They don't really know what they want to do with 101. Um. It's. That all equates to a buy window, but most people already know that they're not moving out from fields unless you come at them with a reasonable offer, whatever that reasonable offer looks like. You have He's fields mo- right now. What's that? You have fields right now. I have a lot I of offer, fields. All right, so say like I have. Tell me when where you wouldn't take them at. I offer you the one ten. No. You want if more? I'm moving on from fields, it's got to be. One, I got to get a top pick. Like it's so, got to be like it like again it's going to be based off of roster construction but if you want to go f- straight on with that it's going to be you want right, him, so you, you, you want at least a quarterback you you want at least a quarterback in superflex you, you, really you want at least over, a top like, 4 do you, pick. Do you really want to trade him for an unknown at this point like do you really want to have Caleb Williams, Drake May? I mean Jaden Daniels is a Jaden Daniels. Very, I want Jaden Daniels. Sim- he's the same mold. I know, very, but I want him. Except he's older coming into football this time instead of being younger. Everybody and, wants that mold, though, and then when it doesn't hit, you move on to the next version of that mold. That's just that mold. how this yes, has yeah, been going on. Because so. Daniels is even smaller than fucking field. Daniels is built like Kyler Murray. The dude is sub 200 pounds. He's like but two up, but with Kyler Murray upside. Like He's Kyler Murray with the... Except he's taller and he has a thinner frame. Like it's, I'll take. I like Daniel, especially for fantasy. I'm just saying, I don't know if I would move him for even the 101, because you're oh, buying into the height. Like, it, unless I can flip the 101 for a more stable quarterback situation, then sure. But well, you're you basically buying into the name of who? Like, who, you, like you're buying into Caleb but Williams. You flip the 101, you're immediately getting a more stable quarterback situation. Now, not talking performance, not projecting performance at all, because I haven't even started to work anybody up yet. But you are, sure. by definition, getting a more stable performance because Fields, like you said, worst case this year, could be riding the in competition with somebody or riding the bench. Would he ride the somebody. bench if they drafted Caleb though? I would he? No, I he, no he'd be traded. Be, and he could be traded too. But you yeah, know, no, I'm just, we all think I'm he's gonna saying. start wherever he goes. It's not like it's it's of the mm-hmm. mindset of wherever but, Fields but, goes, he's gonna start. But you're also Atlanta. assuming the Bears he's going to Atlanta. Up, 
but you're also assuming the Bears pick up the fifth year option. And it's just like the NFL, right? You're resetting the rookie deal. You get a quarterback, you immediately have more stability because you're going to get three to four years for that guy to flame out, whereas Fields, you're going to get another one to two. I mean, is it really? I mean, you, you hope get for Caleb Williams. You hope for what if you get Zach Wilson? All right, but then you have that money to, to go play and with. You got a guy who's barely bench worthy in, in year two, year three, and you're already looking at veteran quarterbacks coming off of their, you know, at the end of their deal. Like, do you think Caleb Williams or Drake May is going to be Zach Wilson? Because I know you thought Zach Wilson had the possibility. No, God, of no, Zach God, no, I don't. God, no. I'm just, I'm, I'm just putting it out there where. If the, Bears play, if the Bears play free agency, right, because they have so much cap space, and they make, say, we'll, we'll just assume they make the trade, like Fields go somewhere else, they get more draft capital, and they get Caleb Williams or whoever they're going to get. I mean, they can build that team perfectly where they could have a dominant team, and then the next thing you know, they're one of the top of the NFC North. What if Caleb Williams is Trevor Lawrence? Uh, then he's still better than any quarterback in Bears history. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fair point it's a fair point would you rather have Charlie, would you rather have Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence Dynasty yes Dynasty. or is a Bears fan no Both. Dynasty fancy football. Dynasty yeah, I'd rather have Justin, Justin Fields I'd rather have Justin Fields okay NFL wise now NFL wise I'd rather have Trevor Lawrence I mean yeah by a hair but I, I, I Dynasty still, wise I I'd rather have Justin Fields I still prefer Justin Fields I think he I just think it's higher ceiling than Lawrence. Uh, all through, right. Through three years. McCorkle. It looks so promising in year one, and then it's looked like turds ever since. I wouldn't even say it's even been that nice. When you're when you're getting benched for Bailey Zappi, you are... He's so immature, too. He's well, such a bitch. On your way to backing up somewhere else. Alabama quarterbacks? Yeah. He's on uh, his way to becoming the new Kellen Moore. He's going to go be a fucking coordinator in four years. Yeah. Now, hey, whatever it takes, I'm making good money still. Granted, you still have back end quarterback two upside right now because New England is in a dog shit of a position to do anything about anything. They could draft. Yeah, they got pick like, three. Like, they got pick three. Back end two is like, he's like back end, like he is like QB 23. Like that's, yeah. That's how far back end I'd have. They're going to keep uh-huh. Jones over Zappy. They just, yeah, you have they to can let Zappy walk and keep Jones, and Jones is your bridge quarterback for the rest of his rookie contract. Do you pick up his fifth year? No, no, they won't. They'll draft a quarterback this year, let him sit behind Jones for three games, and then Jones is Hopper. Put him; he's basically backup for the rest of the year. Yeah, uh, Kyle Trask traded to a team that loses the quarterback. Baker will end up back with the box. Kyle Trask is destined to. Be a backup. Oh, Trash was trash, anyways. This is yeah, he, he's done. He's the wins. Um, we don't need to talk about Kellen Mond, Ian Book, or Sam Ellinger. Uh, nope. so Davis Mills is the really only other one here who surprisingly got to start a bit for the Texans. Will not back up CJ Stroud for the foreseeable future. Um, wasn't good enough as a starter, I don't think, to be considered a journeyman, but likely will hang around as a backup for whatever that's worth. He'll be yep. a backup this year. For the last final year of his contract, and then he'll be a journeyman until he's out of the league in two years, three years. Yeah, he'll be a clipboard holder. All right. Under running backs, Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, uh, Javonta Williams were all the third rounders or all the second rounders. Um, Etienne and first round. Etienne Harris were first round, 25, 26, 24. They're all picked within like 10 picks. That's my bad. I was going with like 
fantasy numbers instead of that was my bad. Oh, I yeah, yeah, fantasy yeah. football yeah. math instead of NFL math. Najee and Etienne were first round picks. Um, the back to back. Najee has not shown any efficiency whatsoever, but uh, has gotten volume before being usurped a bit by Jalen Moore and running now backs. Now he's not a bell cow. Yeah, now he's not a bell cow. Running backs don't have a lot of dynasty value for the most part, other than like your championship team. Um, Najee's been about the floor of what we expected Najee to be, I think. And he's volume. His floor, his floor he's, has been his ceiling. He, he's like a worse Melvin Gordon. He's on an offense yeah. that it's completely going. We call that is the ceiling is the roof around here. <laughs> the roof is on fire. And yeah, like Harris, Harris runs like there's like cinder blocks on his feet, man. He just yeah. like can't. I mean, he he can't run the big. Yeah. He can't break away with the big runs. And Pistons, like in Pittsburgh's inability to actually put together a decent offensive line and an offense that can produce drives. Yeah, he's. Yeah, this is going to be Jalen Warren's backfield at some point next year. It will yes, be, 100%. and Harris will have a role, but it'll be more change of pace. Travis Etienne has yeah. been the best back in this class. Um, I agree. Oh, so, yeah, he missed his rookie year. He's had played in all 17 games the next two seasons, though. Um, over a thousand yards rushing. Um, had some touchdown help this year to go along with that. Uh, receiving yards. Uh, let's see, we're talking 1,400 scrimmage yards his rookie year and close to 1,500 scrimmage yards uh, this year. Uh, he is a staple right now. Is He's easily top 10, probably top. Where would you guys have him? As far as he's a top five back dynasty back. back. He's a top yeah. five dynasty back, I agree. He's exactly I think, what I expect him I to think, be. Yeah, yeah, like I think the question is, is he is he in the tier? Is he in the first tier? Guys, running back to is in a it's fucking hard. shit show right now. It's an, it's, it's, it's in this or it's bad from the top and how you want to rank him. I think he could it, be considered first here because he's actually got insulated volume right now and can hang out in that area. And that's hard to say about a lot of people. So I think, yeah, he probably is top tier. Um, but yeah, he, he put Tanks Bisbee on the back burner. Like everyone's all yeah. Tanks Bisbee. Tank Bisbee, Ryan. Everybody was all fucking excited about Jamar Jefferson, too, who was part of this class when this happened. And people were freaking out about Oklahoma State running Chris back too, Evans, right? and people were freaking out about Kenny Gainwell. And like, this was a bad class. Hey, this is a bad I fucking class, love Kenny Gainwell. But, but and, we all know that that wasn't going to happen after it became a a, a a late day three pick. Bigsby was never a threat to unzdt, and he was a threat to carve out a little bit of a role, and that's about it. Um, yeah, Javante Williams obviously looked like he was destined for great things, and then tore his knee up. He's actually a buy low for me, probably. Um, Ooh. right now, still got. One year left on the rookie deal. Um, he'll be a year removed Ugh. from that knee surgery. Uh, Broncos are fully expected to move on from Russell, Russell Wilson and set that offense up differently. It's worth a flyer if you can get it cheap enough. I think I traded Sam Howell for him this there year. Super flex. I think that yeah, I would do that all day long. Like somebody, yeah. yeah, like the comment on the trade was, well, that was a very interesting trade. It was, it, it was like, yeah, I wasn't excited though. It became a three out of backfield. My my biggest concern is Javante is never going to be 
anywhere sniffing to a bell call role. Yeah. And Denver's offense is in a really bad way. And maybe like, not, but it's hard to find veteran flyers. Yeah, like if too. he goes to a second team, I would probably feel a little more excited about it. It's just mm-hmm. if he stays in Denver, which he will be obviously this year, then if he can get left free and go somewhere else that he can be in a better offense, I'd be more excited because he is a very talented runner. We all know that. We shows yeah. up on film like crazy. It's just right now he was like he was they, healthy probably for the back half of the year, and it was a three-headed fucking backfield for most of this season. It, Injury sapped a lot. I don't see that. Yeah, but I don't yeah. see that really changing either. And they yeah. rolled, you know, McLaughlin a lot more than I expected at the end of last year, too. Like, his last three games, 16, 17, 18, was sub-50% snap share. He's been... Like, I'm more of afraid his role is going to be... McLaughlin didn't get a lot of the last few games either, though, at least not in terms yeah, of how like, it is, but... And he started to see, you know, Samaje Piran. It just, it feels... It's ugly. Just let him escape Denver, please. Just let him escape Sean Payton night, which is well, odd to say. And then we'll see because second teams are not guaranteed. Yeah, right. And that's my concern about him. Yeah. Now, if I can get him for a second round pick on the low, yeah. I'm with you there. And I'm I fine think, with that. And I think yeah. you probably can. Like a so, like a late second. Yeah, it's just, yeah. yeah. Maybe he becomes Monty. Yeah. All right. Through the rest of this. Trey Sermon didn't do anything. Michael oh Carter. Oh my god, that was the big that was, that was the biggest reach of like any. No, the, ne- the biggest reach might be the next one. Michael Carter. No, one after oh, the other day no. three. It, it was yes. in the, it's in the day two. Yeah, we'll get to him. Michael Carter actually did look decent that first year at the Jets, and then they had a shot to get somebody a lot better. And then they were like, "We're going to bring in a true bell call and Brees Hall." Yeah, yeah, yeah they did that. Shot that because where did he go? Another the shot. Arizona, right? He went to the Cardinals, right? Yeah, Arizona. He went to the yep. Cardinals and actually showed yeah, some what you like. He had some splash plays. And I think that ah, damn it. I hate it when that happens. People are maybe he'll me. become uh, like a maybe he'll find some Chris Thompson role. Well, that's he can be he can be like, a pass catcher. Because he's shown the explosive ability. So for him, it's just can you catch on, right? And for Arizona, um, New Year's Day, 61 yards on seven attempts um, and a receiving touchdown. Like, you'll take that. He has it still. Yeah, He's oh, got yeah it. all day long. He's got the explosive ability. He's just got to find a place that has an opportunity. So watch that. And watch and see where he lands because the talent's been there and it's always been there. Smaller back, he needs to land in a role where he can play as an outside back and use some explosion. Uh, Kenny Wan Wu. Yeah, you're right. This was a reach. Uh, because he's basically been a return guy. No, it, it, it was actually Wan was a fourth round pick. I thought or it was a TDP. Carter. It was a Terrence Davis Price. I thought uh, was Wanu a third round pick. Yeah, and TDP TDP the following was, year wasn't this draft class. It was yeah, it? Draft oh, class. Yeah, I no. thought he was. I thought he was a 21 class. My bad. No, no. following 22. year. TDP. Yeah, Purdy wasn't this class either. I, well, I, know, I, Ramondre, knew, I knew yeah. that. that I knew. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ramondre yeah. Stevenson, though, in the fourth round. Ramondre Stevenson ended up being good. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was Everyone a thought he was a plotter. Juan yeah, was a Trace slow. Sermon in the third round yeah. of the 21 class. That's, yeah, we that's just talked right. about that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, I forget about Trace Sermon. It's so easy to. You should. But the Vikings <laughs> taking Juan at 119 to be basically a returner um, with his explosiveness, and that's just been disappointing to me. He just, yeah, they, uh, 
the fact that you can't get on the field when it's just Anthony Madison or when it's just Alexander Madison and yeah, and Ty that. Chandler, it just doesn't really say much about you as a as yeah, any well, really relevant that great game. Either. I mean, he is very he is a very good returner, He's a very explosive player, but but that's not day two. Yeah. No. So, uh, Ramondre Stevenson has been better than a lot of people thought, and really. We saw it coming out of year one where, like, this guy can break tackles. He's an after-contact machine. Um, and year two, big breakout. Year three, um, I don't want to say that it fell off necessarily, but injuries happen. We'll, we'll call injuries it Injuries happen. He's still an RB, too. But he yeah. played he, – he, he's been better in the NFL than expected. Like, everyone was yeah. going to be a slow plotter, and he's actually been a lot more better than that. Like – Pass catcher, everything else you wanted out of them. Yeah. You got tremendous value right there. Yep. And, you know, unfortunately, I think that like a lot of running backs, this is going to be a, a one contract type of situation. Like they don't have shelf life at all, but he's been solid. God, he does look like a plotter, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was like, it was like the most, like, it was like, cool. I want a guy that's a blow average, you know, that's a blow average athlete. That's why nobody jumped on him until year two yeah. when you had the book and saw like, yeah. oh shit, like he was top two in broken tackles and yards after contact and there's actually something here because he's a blotter. And then it was like, he's now on the worst team in football. Yeah. And he's still going to be one of the worst teams in football next year. Unfortunately to <laughs> him, it's going to be uh, cool. Do you want to buy an RB one on an offense that's going to be bottom three in scoring, probably. I sadly no, that's not yeah. going to sustain drives. Like he's a he's a better he, like he's a better than average pass catcher, but he's on an offense designed around guy. Yeah. Unfortunately, which I I do like him. It's just yeah, he's going to be a casualty of he will be. You got, one a, more, you got one more year, right? One more year of RB2. Probably. Yeah, and hopefully he can, mm -hmm. again, I'm just praying he can find himself in a David Montgomery role. Yep. Uh, all right, moving forward. Chuba Hubbard took over for the, the backfield for the Panthers after the Miles Sanders signing, but um, bad offense, bad situation. He'd had multiple chances before that to catch on to, so I just don't, I've never had a lot of interest in Chuba. I swear I thought he was 22. I, I I liked him better. I, I swear to God, he, I thought he was twenty two. He was supposed to be twenty twenty. Like that's yeah, that, yeah, 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 yeah. Year. That's right. And then everyone went like, back yeah. and had a shit year. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. And, and he even had a worse combine. Like it, yeah, like everything was poor for him. And but he's been, he's found he's found some life, man. By the way, I'm looking at the draft order. I'm not going from our notes or memory. I know, so. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> so. I, I'm just saying that I like. Like I was thinking about this today when I was driving home from work, and I I, I was just like, was he twenty one together? Yeah, uh, Kenneth Gain, Kenny Gainwell, um, a little bit of an ancillary role. Elijah Mitchell uh, couldn't stay on the field, but has actually looked really good when he gets to play. Uh, he's the handcuff to CMC, and that's about and that's about him. it. Uh, Brightwell, nothing. Larry Roundtree, nothing. Chris Evans, not really anything. Khalil nope. Herbert. Uh, had a shot to take over as the Bears running back, and that was pretty mediocre. And ended up splitting time with. Um, he had a good week seventeen, week sixteen game. Herbert, he was played good really the last good. Two weeks this relief year. of David Montgomery too, and yeah. he was good the last two weeks because Deontay Foreman was out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Foreman's been banged healthy out scratch. for most. No health. Foreman was Foreman was a healthy scratch those on this season. Yeah, yeah. Herbert. Herbert's a uh, you know part time, which unfortunately he'll be replaced. Yeah. Uh Jake Funk, Garrett Dokes, 
Kylan Hill, Jamar Jefferson, nothing out of the Dokes. Remember the Dokes discourse? Man, oh everyone God. was on Gerard Dokes. Like, oh, Miami. I was on Kylan Hill. I remember Funk. When Funk, Funk too. Yeah, especially when Gurley was Funk was a gone. lot. No, yeah. it wasn't Gurley. It was, uh, God damn, who's the other running back that was just there? It was Gurley. Henderson. Yeah, when, when Cam, no, when Cam Akers tore his ACL, I was all over Jake That's Funk. right, when he tore his ACL. That's yeah, right. I was one of them because Jake Funk is an athletic motherfucker, but he never drew in on nope. anything. Never no. stuck on. Neither did Kylan Hill, unfortunately, because he was fun to watch in college. His film was yeah. fun. Yeah, they, they stuck like Teflon. Yeah. <laughs> I am pass catcher, you know, all right. Mike Leach offense. Wide receivers will keep them quick. Rest in peace, Mike Leach. Yes. Uh, wide receivers keeping this quick. Jamar Chase, exactly what everyone thought Jamar Chase was going to be. Uh, you got to give up a world to get him. Jalen Waddle uh, settled in very, very nicely as a wide receiver, too, for the Dolphins. He'll end up back there, he, it, or do you think he'll I, end up on a different team? He should stay I, there. They'll sign him. It, yeah. It's, yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it's, he's a, it's slightly disappointing, I think, this year yeah. for me. Yeah, just yeah, an injury riddle banged this year. up in injuries and things like that. His so. availability has been pretty tough, which hurts. Yeah. Devonta Smith also in a wide receiver two role now. Amazing. Uh, he's been, yes, absolutely. He's been solid. Um, <laughs> yeah. Bus. Bus coming up right now. Bus. Yeah, Darius Tony. He had that one year where he's the best on the Giants, and then it's like, yeah, all right, one cool. game. He had that one game. The yeah, one, one year. game. No, one game. I didn't say it was good games. He <laughs> Maybe had one year games. where the underlying stuff was literally the best receiver on the Giants, and you're like, all right, cool. If he can stay healthy, healthy, they can find ways to get balls in his hands. Maybe, and then we realize that his hands are fucking terrible, and that was the end of that. Because he goes to KC, one. and you're like, he's got a good quarterback. They can figure out how to use this guy, and then his hands are terrible, and one that's game. It. The- one game got him a third round pick. Yeah. And, and I was, yeah. Um, beyond that, Rashad Bateman, Dan, go ahead. Pain. Pain. Availability. You got to be available. Yeah, I say. Yeah. He's missed a lot. But, I, but, of, but on the way up. But he's been surplanted. He got surplanted by, by a 30 plus year old OBJ. And in their final week without Flowers and OBJ, he was supplanted by. Nelson Aguilar, it, it, he he's a true by low though. Yeah, he needs to get to a new team. He's in truther status. Like, like mm-hmm. his his chances of hitting is very, very, very low. Yeah, he just needs a new team, and his beef with the team in the offseason didn't help either. No, I love Bateman, but it, it's it's not looking good. Elijah Moore to a new team. He wasn't really utilized though. He found um, his like he at least he bit. was productive with Cooper out. Yeah. Yes. He had a big Ooh. until he got hurt. With like Cooper, he, like out, he was on to so. a great game, and then he got hurt. He's a solid depth guy in Dynasty to have around if you pick up injury or Cooper moves on, or he ends up somewhere else with a little bit more of an option because he has shown he can be productive. He just needs uh, some. He just needs some volume. He needs some place where he gets a, a yeah. settled role, which hasn't yeah. happened yet, unfortunately. Nope. Rondale Moore splashes. Plus. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean. Dwayne Eskridge was a reach. Who? Atwell was a reach. Uh, Atwell had his moments so this, this no, past you, season. You can't call Rondell Moore a bust and then be like, Atwell had his points. Yeah. No, bust. Move on. Atwell had a couple of good games. Bust. Terrace Marshall Jr. It's major bust. My God. Oh, yeah. All right. Now, some things that are a little bit better. Josh Palmer. He's. Yeah. 
Josh Palmer he's paid he, off on some dates, some round three, I guess. Uh, he's yeah. been the wide receiver too. The Chargers needed for a long time, and when he had to play in place of Keenan Allen, he was really good. So I mean, <laughs> like he's the wide receiver too on that team right now, as far as I'm concerned. Johnson didn't pan out, and Williams has never Palmer been will be a victim enough. of he's, being replaced. He'll be yep, drafted. They're, they're uh, unfortunately, because of circumstances, he'll probably. Be like not a long term piece, but he's a piece when he's in the right circumstance. I think maybe he'll have a role next year. He's shown he can produce. Figure out, yeah. Maybe he can retire. If one of these top receivers go to the Chargers, he's done. Like say, like neighbors (laughs) goes there. They're they're going receiver again. Oh, they have to. That are they're going Brock Bowers. They have to until they hit somebody that can replace. That's just stupid. They have to until they can hit somebody that can replace Keenan Allen, but. Palmer, yeah, when he has an opportunity, will have an opportunity. It's another good depth piece. It's a lot like Elijah Moore. There's an opportunity and a role there they've produced. Yeah. He's done a more vertical offense, at, at least. At least he's he's paired with a big arm quarterback. Dami Brown, disappointment. Amari Rodgers. Yep, got I was so high, I was so high on him. All right. I had Amari Rodgers. Nico Collins. Not Amari Rodgers, but Nico Collins. Dude, Michigan held him back. And that yeah. and that's that's what sucks about Michigan wide receivers that they get held back. Stroud unlocked him. Yeah, and this is what happens. Yep, Stroud unlocked him in his first year too. People like, were on, people have been on him years. for three years and he was nothing, and then Stroud unlocked him, and now he's he's like he's unstoppable. Gonna, he's going to be a top twenty, probably top fifteen wide receiver pick next year. In I am so I'm going to be glued to see what Houston does up top. I am too. I I still don't think they are. Fully off the wide receiver board, like they, should, they could and, go wide receiver early, and they shouldn't be. Um, they shouldn't, but man, because even if you believe in Nico Collins, right? Mechie still got Tank great. Dell. Do Tank Dell was solid, but Tank Dell's not built to be an alpha. Nico is shown that he can do it. There's room for Nico another one, is so what bad. I'm saying. Mechie did not take advantage of the opportunities he had this year. No. Good story. Glad no. he's healthy, but um, did not take advantage of that. Noah Brown's a journeyman. So you're gonna have an opportunity in that offense to get somebody else in. Yep, hundred percent. Dalton Schultz, uh, Anthony Schwartz, flash debate mm-hmm. year one. Man, does Fitzpatrick man uh, steal the draft from Monterey St. Brown? Pick. Oh my up. god, what a steal! What a steal! Like I don't Elite. understand how the the NFL passed up on him. Three what I hear, and he falls in the Lions. It it, it it's a, a product of COVID and yeah. letting players stay back and. He yeah. got it was a very it was also an extremely strong it was an extremely receiver strong class. class. And I think the thing too is that even from St. Brown's tape, I don't I think everybody saw like a reliable slot guy with really good hands. I don't think anybody saw the yak ability and some of the other stuff that he's shown at the NFL. And I think that's what held him back is it's like because what I saw there was like this is a good, solid, dependable piece that is absolutely the type of player I like. I didn't see the upside that he showed, though. I mean, he played no. outside with USC. Like, like he wasn't a slack guy. Yeah, but athletic-wise, when you walked, looked at his combine, he was His not... combine is what hurt him, and the yeah. fact that, like, he had... He was a Debbie darling his freshman year. Like, he had a dominant... He, I think he posted his best dom rating at that point, like... And I shouldn't have said slot. I should Pittman. have said interme- yeah. intermediate. It was a lot yeah, like what like, I saw in yeah. Pittman, too, which is just... Well, like he got supplanted by Pittman and he got supplanted yeah. by Drake London, and then it became a okay, how good is Amon Ra? Like, yeah, he was a great freshman player, and then he kind of got supplanted by the next two guys, then and then 
like he came in and dominated it. It, it, it just Reggie Q was super high on him. He was like he was in, like he fell in the perfect spot. Like yeah, he did. The Lions got what they needed from him, and 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 he was able to to take advantage of an opportunity that he didn't even really show in college because yeah. he didn't play fucking slot in college. He played outside. Yep. Well, they fantastic. And, 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 and I was a Tiger Hawk. Right so. spot. Cast him right. Target hog. And he will be for years to come. Like these. Yep. He will oh, yeah. be uh top. He'll be a he top five, top 10 at, at, at worst. worst. Yep. For the next five years. Absolute steal. Uh, Darden Wallace, Jacob Harris, Amir Smith, Marset, Sammy Pahoko, Cornell Powell, Frank Darby, Marquez Stevenson, Shai Smith, Racy McMath, Jalen Camp, Demetri Felton, Seth Williams, Daz Newsom, that guy, Mike Scorpion, uh, Trey Nixon. All right. One more guy we got to talk about here. Uh, pick 249 in this draft, Ben Skoranek. No, nope. Nope. We're done. No. Moving on to uh, Spooka yeah. made that not an issue anymore. <laughs> yeah. Ben was nothing. Nope. We're good. Yeah. Get that. that uh, Baker, Billy. No, Ben Skaronic didn't even have a run. He just had an opportunity, and people were like, Welp. Yeah. The high volume offense. He's I white. Guess, it plays for the same team as Cooper Cup. I guess Ben Skaronic's up, but he was never good. <laughs> he's he's one number off of Cup. Yeah. He, he had his three minutes good. of fame. Yep. All right. Um tight ends. We'll be quick on these because there's only two that we really need to talk about. Kyle Pitts, Pat Fryermuth. It's Pitts a boss. Oh, it's been bad. It's been it's been uh it's been disastrous for Pitts, especially at the it's number been four. Disappointment pick. for Pitts. And uh he's floating on that Irv Smith, OJ Howard, man. Eric yeah. Ebron. Maybe uh, I didn't put him that good. He's even worse than that because he was the highest pick, like highest tight end ever drafted. That's yeah. not his fault, though. It's not. Like, no, it's not his fault. That's it's, that's Atlanta making a bad draft pick. It, it's more so. Atlanta can't draft for shit. It, it, it's uh. It, Atlanta need offense. He's also in an offense like like this is a a true case of an offense misusing their their weapons. It's not even just him on the same team. Like it's no everything no. and also availability helps. Yeah, he was available this up. year and he still sucked. Yeah, he, was, he played all seventeen games, and he still didn't live up to the hype. Yep, thanks, Atlanta, and you know Pitts is also to blame. You can't just say that it's not. Yep, and uh, like I said, he's fallen into the OJ Howard, you know, corollary there, Kebron of writing draft capital and explaining why he'll be fine, and maybe Pitts just won't ever live up. So why you don't draft tight ends in the top ten? This is cautionary tale for Brock Bowers too, who will probably go top ten. Yeah, well, he's gonna go top ten. And everyone's gonna overdraft him again. Yeah, he's gonna overdraft him. It's gonna be like Pitts all over again. So. Yep. Yep. Pitts. I mean, it's not done right. I mean, Irv Smith didn't no, he'll pan, but like Evan Ingram panned out second team, and like tight ends do take a while. So I mean, this is a thing where we're three years in, and you're about to have a new regime come in. So it's not done yet for pits but it, it is not been what anybody thought it was going to be um you know watch what atlanta does but there is probably a buy low window here yes absolutely he's still hyper athletic if yeah i believe he can be a second team breakout because somebody will take a chance on him late breakout tight ends it's tight end is the most common position for late breakout yeah yeah, it's a, it's the hardest position to learn in the NFL. From trans- at least he has insane. At least he still has high ceiling because of the athletic ability. 
Yes. And he'll go. He, just, he needs an opportunity. He needs an, he needs an opportunity for volume. Yeah. Uh, everybody else here pretty much ended up is is backups. So Hunter Long, Tommy Tremble, Trey McKitty, John Bates, uh, Granson Farrell, Brevin Jordan, Noah Gray, Zach Davidson. Like that was all just a bunch of nothing. Yeah, we missed Pat Firemuth. Although Brevin Jordan did that's have fine. a long touchdown catch. Pat, Pat Firemuth is fine. I mean, that's that's what it is. Pat Firemuth is a consistent mid-and-end tight end one, and that yeah. is what it's it is. It's also tethered to a horrible offense. It's tethered to a bad offense that could go up and down as the offense goes. Um, oh, my God. He led the team in receiving last week. He's somebody yep. that you try to trade whenever... You know that you try to trade for if the Steelers are good and you're a championship team, right? You don't invest in that long term or that profile long term, but he's going to get he'll get he's the type of guy that gets passed around leagues because people got to fill a tight end role. He's like a he's also trade. he's also a product of of the tight end resurgence, and he's just yeah. in the raw direction. He'll slip through the cracks, yeah. Which is you know Pitts same thing. Pitts number one in air yards, air shares. A dot and D targets like, yeah, by low bits. Yep, did have some decent. I, don't know, I guess the tackles. We're, we're not going to talk tackles, but uh, Darisol and Penny Sewell were at the top of this class, along with Leatherwood Darisol, and Slater. And the disrespect and of Darisol. Darisol and Penny Sewell have been good. Jenkins has been hurt. Slater, uh, how's Slater been? I have no idea. Marshawn Slater's been pretty, really good, really good. So Leatherwood was the only bust up here then. Yeah, oh yeah, Leather was like the biggest reach. Like everyone was laughing at that pick. Jenkins, he, I think he, I don't, I don't think he's even in the NFL anymore. He's not. The Bears picked him up on a flyer and then ended up cutting him. Uh, Jenkins moved to guard, been solid um, there, but also been hurt a lot, like a lot, a lot. Just like Vera Tucker, though, too, right? Like Vera Tucker's been injury riddled. He's injured, yeah. Struggling to stay on, stay on the field. Yeah. Um, let's see. Landon Dickerson was a solid pickup for the Eagles. Cricket Humphrey, Josh Myers for the Packers. Actually, good center class. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm just looking at names now for the shit of it. Uh, uh Jimmy Eatwell is a halftime show for the Ravens Texans game. Nice. <laughs> let's see. That's where we're at in this. It's uh that's where we're at. Uh there's the- halftime show. Uh, performances. Has there really only been one safety out of this class that was worth a shit? Two, I guess. I don't. I don't, I don't remember it being a Tron safety class. It wasn't. Javon Andres, Holland. Andres I mean, Sis- Holland was pretty good. Yeah, Andre Cisco is the only one that. And Cisco hasn't been much either for Jack. Yeah, he's just, so he's been, been on hurt the field a lot. That's what count. Yeah. Yeah. He played. You played backer. Davis is okay. JOK has been good. Nick Bolton's been great. Micah Parsons good, really good. Bol- Nick Bolton was a steal. I mean, like basically looking where Bolton's he was drafted now. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like yeah. he's undersized. That's something like he's a tweener, but he's, yeah. but he's a fucking dominates. dog, man. He's a dog. His dog. Fifty-eighth overall pick. Small linebacker is. Uh, it's becoming the trend, man. He's under slightly undersized linebackers. Yeah, because they can. But he was number thirty-two, so you know throws yeah, everyone man. way off. We totally love him with that. Is he a running back? Uh, Who knows? No. Is he a safety? Uh, <laughs> Couple DTs like that were that were solid. Christian Barmore, uh, Osa Odigusua for Dallas Bless has you. been solid, but we don't go a whole lot back. into this. It's just more for names. 
Oh, this was a really good cornerback class. Yes, I see one on Detroit that's on there. Yeah. This is supposed to be the really good quarterback class because it was not a good, terrible DN class. I don't think. Yeah, I'm looking at like all the defensive backs turned out really good on this class. Yeah. JC Horn, Patrick Sertan, Greg Newsom. Stokes has kind of found his way. Asante Samuel Jr. St. Juice is still hanging around. Eric, so Eric Stokes, if he wasn't injured, he'd definitely be yeah a lot better, for sure. Um, Caleb Farley was really is Farley bust. I actually don't know. I'm gonna look because cornerbacks you don't really hang on to if they go to shit. Eh, he played. Yeah, he's. Kind of busted. It happens. It does. Forgot this is a good cornerback class, though. That's that's what the calling card of this class was, was the cornerback class. Yeah, Darren Hall to Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah, In Darren the Hall. Round. Yep. One kicker. It was Evan McPherson. Good kicker class. And that's where we'll end. <laughs> that's where we're at. We're going to end at kickers. Love the kickers. That's how it should be. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you're still listening, as we just kind of reminisce about the other players that we're taking, that aren't the skill players and that don't matter. We'll be back next week, 2022 class. Until then, stay safe, stay warm, stay up. Yep. Bye.